Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FCFC Pod. I am back here with nine human beings, and we talk things. Independent Supporter Council, have you ever wondered what that is? Have you ever wondered what Baltimore is like? Have you, or anyone you've known, ever thrown a chicken bucket at someone you may or may not know? <laughs> well, you've come to the right place for tea, for drinks, for discussions. I mean, how many different supporters groups do we got back here, Slim? Five. Yeah, all right, five. <laughs> Don't ask me the question if you've already done the math. I haven't done the math. That was a complete guess, but I think it's accurate. Uh, we're, we're here with just, just plenty of fun, plenty of things. Slim, you want to hit people with the warning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the backyard of Dweezus Place at Expo Park. There are horns honking, cars driving by, helicopters flying, and you know I brought the potty mouth, so if you're around kids or at work and you feel like you shouldn't be listening to profanity, this is probably a good time to stop listening. Come bubble. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> In your mouth, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I'm your favorite fat Korean, Slim. Sitting across from me is Big Dweez. Yo. To my left is Josh Sexy Spice. Hey. And we have a very special pod today. It's a mob pod. We have way too many people for this backyard. Um, I don't remember all your last names, so I'm just going to go by your group name, your supporter group name, and your first name. Starting to my left, we got Rafa from the Luckies. What up, y'all? Yeah, Rafa. We got Ooh. our drunkle, <laughs> Mr. Scott from the Expos in the backyard. Cheers. We got Sergio from the Expos in the backyard. What's up, everybody? We got Francisco from Los Angeles, Originales. Hi. <laughs> come on, Francisco. Come on. Announce yourself a little bit. We got Cassie chilling in the backyard with us today. She's not going to talk that much because we probably forced her later. <laughs> I'm just here for two time. Yep. And we got El Presidente, Mr. Jimmy Lopez of the 3252 and Black Army in the backyard. Cheers, How you gentlemen y'all. doing today? Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers, cheers. 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 Yeah, yeah look at all the diversity of drinks right wow. here. Dude. Guys, and we're all back here because we just got back from the ISC. Um, the Independent Supporters Council Conference, and we just kind of want to recap it just so everybody gets a little taste of what we did out there. Um, but before that, Dweez has his usual first question. We'll let him roll with that. All I want to do is talk about Baltimore. Do we have to talk about anything besides Baltimore? No. This is all your... This is what your is boat. your oldest memory from The Wire? Now we have three guests who've never been on the podcast before. Four guests who've never been on the podcast. One, two, three, four guests who've never been on the podcast before. And I am going to ask Cassie to participate in this one just because you never know. When you get someone in the backyard, you got to ask them. Because you don't know if they're going to come back to the backyard. We don't know if they're going to have a good time or not. So, the question is, your oldest football memory. And I will let 
the man standing start because he's standing. <laughs> so he looks like a man who wants to start. Scott, you want to hit him with that? Yeah, it's a Scott from Expos. Um, I first got interested in the sport when I was in elementary school, like kindergarten, first grade. And a neighbor of mine from a few doors down the street at recess every day would ask me to play soccer with football, sorry, with uh, all of his classmates. So I started by playing with kids a couple years older than me when I was like seven years old. And did recess suddenly take on a whole new meaning in your life because it was the best game ever and you never looked back? Well, I definitely never looked back. I mean, uh, for those who don't know me, I started refereeing when I was 13 and coaching when I was 16. And, what? Um, re- you know, uh, in, charge, <laughs> in charge of all the officials in the AYSO League where I grew up when I was like 17. So, um, yeah, I would say it kind of became pretty important pretty quick. <laughs> is that, is that and humble you? about it. <laughs> Did you grow up out here? No, I grew up um, in hell. I mean, Cleveland. Cleveland! <laughs> Oh, they, they, yeah, of course you're going to rise to the top quick there. There's no one, no one else there. <laughs> it's, it's, either, it's either you're with everybody else at the bottom or you rise to the top. Yes. It's one level above. Hey, yeah, that's why you're in California now, West right here. <laughs> I think that Dave Denholm, the ESPN voice, he's from Cleveland. And if he, commutes, he is, I'm so sorry. He commutes back and forth. Shout out to Dave. You know you love the pot. He commutes back and forth. He comes and calls games, and now he goes. he's since, like I think, moved back. But that's interesting because that's a long way to go. All right, who's next? Fuck. <laughs> we got Oldest Sergio memory. from the Expo. Serge. So similarly, I started with uh, ESO as a kid. Uh, I was pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the first big memory, I would say, would be uh, the World Cup when it came to, to the U.S. in 94. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big uh, fan fest thing that was kind of uh, tied into that. And... Um, you know, they, they had something at the convention center yeah. here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I just remember their, their crazy setups they had. And uh, they had a giveaway. They actually had a giveaway for the third and fourth place game, which I think it was like Sweden. And I can't remember the, the other team they played. But um, so, yeah, we got to watch a game for the World Cup. And at the time, I, I mean, I knew it was a huge deal. But looking back, I just like, I don't know how the hell I went to, a, a, you know, that, that kind of game mm-hmm. for free. Uh, but really, like the thing that really got me hooked on soccer was uh, FIFA. Uh, pretty competitive with my family and we have like big tournaments but it all started after that we just started playing FIFA and learning the players and assigning each other teams uh, so yeah that kind of got me hooked and trying to win all the time <laughs> which uh, which FIFA were you playing what, what system it was on Nintendo oh and 64 uh, 64 FIFA. Yeah. yeah yeah started there Damn. and moved on to like Xbox and yeah. Are you guys still playing? The oh, yeah, yeah. We have a trophy. My cousin, Suck, Medina. My cousin's Andrew Medina, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's Andrew Medina. He talks a lot of shit, but yeah, yeah it's funny. Oh, he talks a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annoying-ass motherfucker. But, I love uh, you. He really pushed, yeah, we, we, we push each other in that, and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. I think that FIFA probably single-handedly did more for this sport than probably anything yeah. in yeah. this country. You yeah. know what I mean? Like any other one thing. Although we all loved AYSO. Yeah, at the time but you couldn't really watch it, so it's the only exposure you had other than World Cup, you know, big games like yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, AYSO is where I discovered for the first time that if you run after drinking soda, you get cramps. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I'd add that in there. <laughs> you know, I've you never played in my life. Really? I've never, ever. But do you, do you play other video games? Not really. So you're just not uh, Tetris. Okay. See, and this is how I know well, you don't have any Asian friends. The last game I really got into up. was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uncharted. I thought it was just Paul. It's like Lost meets Tomb Raider. 
But at this point, now you're the leader of a supporters union. Now, is is it a matter of is is it a code that you're holding on to, Jamie, that you won't pick up the sticks? Ever play FIFA? I'd rather be out in the real world. Damn. Okay. 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 That's what we tell our son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the real world. Oh, because no. Miles is way into it, and we're just like, no, Miles, let's go. Let's go for a hike. Do I have to? I'm like, if you're hiking a half hour, uh, I've had time, so it works out. Damn, I've had time always. Is he into FIFA? Hey, but uh, he hasn't played it, to my knowledge. But I'm sure if we got him into it, he'd be hooked. And we got a first football memory from Francisco of LAO. All right, so mine's not as happy and jolly as a lot of the people here. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Dark memory time. <laughs> Dark twist. I, I was what? Seven, I was seven years old, and uh, my my dad, you know, my whole family, you know, they immigrated from Mexico, and I was born here. And I remember it was the 1998 Gold Cup, um, and my dad threw this huge party. You know, we from where I remember, well, it was always huge parties at the house. Actually, a mile and a half from this backyard. Um, I grew up and 1998 I started watching it right I wouldn't watch the whole game you know just sit there and watch a couple minutes and just get up but I never really cared much for Mexico um, and we get to the final right the US gets to the final with Mexico and you know there's a big party and my dad's you know everyone's wearing Mexico jerseys and I was like well I'm gonna go for the US right so that was that was the first time and we lost right it was 1-0 and everyone made fun of me. So, <laughs> everyone, and my dad's like, "Yeah, pendejo. Like you picked, a, you picked a horrible team." And, and I ran into my room, cried, and and that's that's how that started. So to this day, you know, my my younger brother, he's he's also with with our supporters group, and he, you know, we always have that rivalry and everything. And you know, I, I'm laughing at them, and it's just it's just. Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, most people that such a painful memory, they would maybe just abandon the sport and move on to other things. But you doubled down. You well, were like even more about it now that you shed some tears. Barcelona made up for all that mm. in middle school. So, you know, with with the U.S., you know, there was you know McBride and then Kobe Jones and Keller, and then after that, it was kind of like, what's going to happen next? Right? Now we're looking at the same changes, you know, going on with like, the federation and everything. And, it's looking more, a little bit more positive now than what it did before. So my first memory, I played AYSO2 for a season, and I picked flowers on the field. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really was not into football. I fell in love with the culture that LAFC started to bring and fell in love with the sporter culture and all of that first. And then my real first football experience was going to BBB. So, wow. uh, yeah, it was a huge experience uh, for those of you listening that maybe haven't heard before, but the club took a group of us out to Germany and we got to see their culture and kind of get a little taste for everything from them. And um, we almost so got our ass was, beat by Ultras. Yeah, yes, we did. did. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled the bus over, we're like, fuck. <laughs> the bus driver was like, don't get out. <laughs> don't get out. So good. Yeah. So it was a big first real football experience, but the, the main thing is I fell in love with the people before mm. the game, mm -hmm. and now I'm sucked in. Yeah.
That Wait, was so the biggest flex of anyone who's giving yeah. their first world members. <laughs> like, no, I just go on a VVV, go, go a quick trip. Saw <laughs> <laughs> the ultras, it's cool. No, but the, the time period between picking flowers on the field to there is just like a just no football, no nothing zone. So I went to a couple games. <coughs> I actually went to um, some San Jose games um, just as social events. Mm-hmm. I lived in San Jose for a while, and I had a group of friends who were part of... Um, the supporters up with the quakes and everything mm-hmm. and I'd go and hang out with them but I didn't know anything about yeah. what supporter culture was I just went for the drinks and mm-hmm. the good time do you think maybe did that experience plan to see like oh this is all fun but if only this was actually really cool and then later you saw an opportunity for it to be cool and it was already hidden in your brain somewhere like incepted oh yeah so opened up when I went to those games, they didn't have their own stadium yet. They were at, I think it's Claremont College, uh-huh. right, that they used to play at. There was, like, three guys with a drum, like, <laughs> ten guys chanting. Some things haven't changed. <laughs> it was not now very, they have toilet paper. <laughs> not very impressive at the time. You might have but, had paper towel back then. Yeah, I could actually talk to the people around me, too. So, like, can't really do that at our games much. You're chanting. <laughs> or drumming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I think the occasion for this large pod, this is the first time I think before the podcast we had two layers of seats Mm -hmm. in the backyard. It was like there was a small army coming over, but we have, I guess there's how many of us total? There's four, six. Oh, nine, yeah. yeah. Nine. <laughs> All right, I'm not a good Asian. Nine. Nine. <laughs> the bad thing isn't, like, my forte. There's, there's nine of us back here, and, and part of the occasion is that these guys all just got off the plane two days ago. Mm-hmm. You guys came back from Baltimore, and you yep. guys are out there for four days. I haven't but, been sober for two days. Joe's still out there. He was the last one. Yeah, he stayed an extra day to do some sightseeing, which is smart. He we did. didn't really see. All he did is he eat cake and go to the pool house. Yeah, the <laughs> Sightseeing? Dude, that cake, that cake probably was a sight to see for him. It didn't look that good. I saw it. Oh, I know. Seriously. Says he lost like he lost a person. I know. Skinny oh. ass. He lost the whole little fob girl. <laughs> before we get into... Fuck. Before we get into what all happened out there and, and all of that, which we'll get into in the second segment... Can you guys just tell me about your impressions of Baltimore? Because I've thought a lot about Baltimore over the last year. I'm writing a book about Baltimore right now. Oh. So it just so happens that um, my mind has been very much in the body more murder land part of the world. And I want to hear, Slim said he didn't get out much. He had a crab cake once, mostly stayed in hotels. <laughs> and, you know, that was it. But did anyone else get out there and experience the city? I arrived a day early yeah. and I explored. Um, I got there 2 a.m. our time. <laughs> Um, Uber was super cool. He literally was just like, he drove me around. Uh, he's like, it's dirt cheap right now. He's like, want me to give you a quick tour? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we're going. He's like, stay in this area. Don't go in that area. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Oh. And he was telling me how, how rough it is. So he's like, if you get an Uber, go straight to Penn State. Or not Penn State. Uh, the station. Mm-hmm. Um, stay in downtown. And I was like, really? He's like, no, it's that bad. I was like, all right. So I didn't go past the boundaries he told me. Um, food was great. Um, a lot of old buildings, structures and whatnot, mm-hmm. where we were. I can't say we were mingling with the people because there was a few conventions going on when we were there, so I couldn't tell who was local and who wasn't. Because mm-hmm. there was that, that coaches convention there, mm-hmm. okay. and then some like business one. So it was, it was a lot of random, oh, and it was Poe's birthday. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people there that weren't normally there, or wouldn't normally be there. What was the festivity around Edgar Allan Poe's birthday? 
uh, is a big anniversary for his, it. His house, I guess, where he where he grew up or lived. I don't know if he lived there. I don't know what it was. He lived there for a while. He wrote some stuff. Yeah, and also he was buried nearby. In the uh, yeah, he's yeah next door to it. Well, so we uh, <laughs> were people like raging and reading literature. What's going on? <laughs> we, we wouldn't know we weren't allowed in. We tried. To, yeah, we it tried was, to go, but there was ticket. It's like a ticketed only event, and we couldn't. Uh, and we went dressed as supporters, and we weren't fancy enough, in other words. Gotcha. They didn't oh, want us. man, it was like cocktail. That, uh, that tells me a lot, though, because I got there, I think, <laughs> a little bit after Raven. you, probably, and I didn't get that tour, so I had heard all these bad things about, you know, murder capital, and it's kind of worrying, honestly, when I landed, and I took, I took a, the subway, or the train, the light rail there, and I walked about a mile through downtown, and I was just surprised how clean, and, like, there was no homeless people. It was so cold, obviously, so yeah. probably... When well, I all the homeless mind. people are here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was clean, no graffiti. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. It just felt really weird. When I took the train to DC that morning, because uh, I checked in the hotel and knocked out for a couple hours and then head, headed out of DC, every train stop you could see it like gradually get worse and worse and worse. And then I got into DC, I was like, shit, here we go. DC was clean as fuck. I, I was surprised when I went to the monuments. I was like. Over here, they're like covered in graffiti. Mm. Wow. Over there, I was just like, these are spotless. Yeah. It, it was it was nuts, but no, you can see it on the train ride, like parts of Baltimore. You're like, yeah, I'm glad I'm staying on this train. <laughs> it, it looked rough. It's like when you go to certain parts of TJ where you're like, fuck that. And it, that's literally what it reminded me of. Yeah, TJ. Well, it's like you know, there's certain cities by away days travel we're never gonna cross, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no team. There's probably never gonna be a team. I think Baltimore is definitely high on that list considering there's the Philly team not far from Baltimore and then there's the DC team not far from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They're never gonna put a team there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a really interesting city. It's, yeah. it's a really, it's sort of like, you know, at least for me, having spent time there, I think I was there for the first time exactly a year ago. So after you guys, same time, time of year, fucking so cold and like, <laughs> You know, the, th- the thing about Baltimore is they have something like 40,000 vacant homes. Oh, yeah. So if you ever get into, like, the neighborhoods where the vacants are, it's so eerie. Yeah. And it's like, it's nowhere, like, I mean, I lived in, in Rio. I spent a lot of time in Medellin, you know, you know, it's in in uh, in Indonesia. I spent a lot of time in Jakarta and, like, these, like, big cities where there's, like, you know, shanty towns, favelas, slums, whatever. But, like, there was something very specific about the vacant row houses in Baltimore that I've, like, never felt that I was just, like wait what happened here it was like there was people and then there weren't people anymore yeah you know i saw that and it's it's pretty gnarly um and but also that city has like this huge amount of character and Mm. fight and the people who stayed um there's so much flight out of the city when things were rough they're still rough but like you know like have the population you know and so there's still like people there but like the people that do that that stayed and are doing things is just like they fucking mean it you know what i mean like <laughs> these people like live and breathe baltimore like a place i've never seen so, i was you know i know you guys were there for a convention and you didn't get a ton of time to go check shit out but i was curious yeah the uber driver touched on uh the vacant homes he said that literally if you are a resident they will give you one of those houses yeah. just so like you have to set a contract to redo the house mm. they just want people to populate that area but mm. They're like, there's no way because <laughs> there's no chance that you wake up the next morning. Yeah, and I mean, they're, and they're, <laughs> no, really, yeah, that bad. And also, my Uber experience was really—I've never had an experience quite like that. Even in other countries that you know they like talk about the United States, like it's still a special place to go or whatever. I had an Uber driver there who's like, "Oh man, so where are you from? You know, you're not from around here, whatever." I was mm. like, nah. He's, I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I live in Los Angeles." He's like, "California?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh man, I hope I could go there one day." And I was just like. God, you know, it's like that, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like that same, like, departure, like, a fantasy land, like, yeah. people used to probably talk about this country, like, several decades ago, or whatever, mm. but, 
yeah, it was, it, was, it was shocking, but I also, like, really appreciated it there. It has, like, some character, you know? Yeah, the buildings and everything is beautiful. But the crab cake sucks, though? I, they're oh, just too oh. rich for me. Yeah. Um, that, I, they were freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crab cake, oh, yeah, yeah. The food was great overall. Yeah. 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 I, the best thing I had was, like, a, apparently a Taiwanese fried chicken sandwich. Was that... Yeah, I'm still, I'm that still gonna vouch amazing. for that Polish good, food. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still gonna vouch for that Polish food. Yeah, the one he went decided to go He's eat Polish. by himself. He's Polish. This one did yeah. so much shit by himself. Like he just <laughs> randomly disappeared. He does just, he remember it? No, he no. doesn't. <laughs> well, not definitely not after eight no, p.m. No, he he was gone. Yeah, like, he literally he came back like at five. We're referring morning. to Scott from Expo. <laughs> <laughs> the drunk one. He was trying to he was trying to tell us they got back at one. I was like, no, Joseph came back at two. You were not back. We were gonna go look for you, and then, but then I, somebody was like, Austin was like, no, he, he can take care of himself. He's yeah, fine. Yeah, I was hey. his roommate, and surprisingly, somehow he got, he got home every night before I did. And he was asleep <laughs> on the floor or on the I don't know. What were you wherever. doing then? We were just wandering around the town, wa- like walking in the middle of downtown all night and going to bars. It was cool. It's yeah. it's alive at night. Yeah, like yeah, really it was. late. It was I mean, it kind of from remind, what they told me reminded me a little bit about of like. In between when like LA Life first started popping off in LA, where it's like gets a little busier, but it's not too busy, and like downtown's more for business in in a sense, but there's still little pockets. Yeah, it's, they, just a, it's a city of sharp contrast too. Yeah, you go to West Baltimore, it's like or East. Nobody's Baltimore. going to Wall. We, we West saw that in the <laughs> last three bars we went to that one night, the McGregor fight. Before or after just, you, just the contrast, the just like that contrast in the bars. <laughs> I saw that photo of you. Passed out. Oh, he fell asleep. Yeah. What's going yeah, yeah. on? He was in the hallway, legs up on the wall. I was like, "What the hell? Did he fall asleep twerking?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pull up the photo. Yeah. Rafa just yeah. losing consciousness and strange no, bars. No, legit. The and then everybody was trying to rally. They're like, "Do we? Can we? Do we need help?" And then Sam and I went upstairs, and Sam ended up doing um, a beer. What was it? What was it? I did a couple shotguns. Yeah, you did a couple shotguns. What about Rafa? Well, yeah, I didn't want to walk in there and then like just leave. Rafa's okay. Okay, we're gonna go. But so they kind of peer pressured me to stay and drink a little. Was it was it anticlimactic knowing that there wasn't a match? I mean, you guys are used to traveling together when there's a game, but apart from what the draft a couple years ago, this, this is the first time everyone's traveling. I mean, you guys went to ISC last year as well, but like yeah, so I knew what to expect. I went but to, was it like it was last year? Literally in the hotel. It was a lot bigger than like, last year. That's yeah. for sure. That's Rafa passed out. Rafa. That's. <laughs> <laughs> he literally. So, did, so this, this is just just so everyone knows. There was like fifteen of us though of our of our LFC people. Oh, go ahead. It was uh, Danny from the crew. Yeah. He said he walked up and he saw it off on the floor. He's like, uh, "What do I do?" <laughs> So Jimmy's showing I'm everyone glad everyone was so concerned for my well-being. Jimmy's I was already showing, passed out, so, you know. <laughs> Jimmy's showing us all a photo of, who's this guy? Rafa. No, that's Danny, Danny from the crew. Danny? Danny's yeah. rocking a Takate hat, Takate <laughs> box hat. Rafa's on the floor with his hands in his pockets, his knees up on the side of the wall, on some really interesting multicolored carpet. Much like, yeah. I, much like I am now, but just, you know, in a chair <laughs> instead of on, your back. on the floor. Let's, let's just say, with the grin on, on this gentleman's face right here, I, I just don't think it was a bad time in Baltimore. It was a uh, 3 a.m. Oh, Baltimore no. time when this yeah. was going on. Yeah, yeah, and so everyone brings in beer from their city. And it so was a beer exchange. There was a oh. big beer exchange, and, and then more beers bought on top of that. And the amount of alcohol purchased with the amount of time to consume it became less and less. How many, <laughs> how many people from LAFC went last year? Uh, four, four? Five? Four. Just three. Just you, me. Oh, yeah, four. Yeah. Eddie went. Eddie. And the year before Eddie. that? Zero. Nobody. Nobody. Okay. We, so were, we were in a, uh, before even like the Chew of the Estate days. It was um, after that went under. It was a hiatus from anybody from LA. 
Um, the Galaxy did hasn't gone out as much. Uh, they went out this year. So, yeah, last year they didn't go. Um, so, yeah, L.A. was missing for a bit. Now that we're there, yeah. Yeah. things change. I mean, so I was there the, the day they made the Supporter Shield. The day they decided to commission the Damn. new Supporter Shield. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. Rafa got the receipts then, right now. The next year, the next year. What, Rafa, do you know made. about what year that was? 2012 or 2013. And so how long has this, what is it called? The Independent Supporter Council yes. Annual Summit. Conference. Summit? Conference, Conference, summit, whatever you want to call it. It used to be, it was originally called the Supporter Summit. Now I just think they call it, I guess it's just conference. called the LFC The conference, invasion, I see conference. And the, the original yeah. summit used to occur wherever the MLS Cup Final was. Mm-hmm. But they also were predetermined the site of the MLS Cup Final before I see, I the see. season started. And so there was a lot of people that were upset when, that, when they announced that because, you know, they had had that habit of booking, their, booking to go see the MLS Cup Final mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, now it's like you get two weeks to figure out where you're going to fly to. Yep. And, the, and before, like, I mean, has this been going on? How long has the Independent Supporters Council existed? Does anyone know? 99? Um, yeah, I think, I think 99 is when it, when it was uh, And then founded. 99, did it start the conference right away, or were there a couple more years before? I think it started with the conference. Okay. And then everybody got together and then just, uh, wrote the bylaws and whatnot, and then it just grew from there. And every year, it just it's, we actually, it doubled in size. From last year, more and more USL teams are involved. Yeah. Um, a lot of the lower division teams. NWSL. They had they had it at the site of the NWSL draft. Yeah, yeah. so a lot a lot of those teams are there, which which is awesome. Uh, we we learned a lot on how to, as the MLS being like the larger scale, more finances mm-hmm. helping them out. So we're we're excited. We made a lot of good bonds. Was uh, since we don't have a, uh, LAC two, mm-hmm. we. We made some really good friends out there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Super out cool. to my New Mexico United friends. Hey. Hey. Well, bef- before we get into all the things that were discussed and like how it all went down in the panels and all of that, um, is there anything else about like how it runs that you feel like people should understand and why it's important that the ISC exists at all? Especially people who don't fully get like how supporter culture works or what the point of meeting up and talking is. It, it really is unique, I think, to our country. I can't imagine anywhere else where they really do something similar. At least why, is, why is that rough? Because, you know, we all, the supporters more seem to rival each other. And I don't know, I might be wrong within that culture, but to, no, to get together so organized, right, and, and to have, <laughs> like, an actual conference put on like that, I can't imagine uh, where else to every, Everyone had a chance to speak, and everyone was really respectful in everyone's opinions. That was, like, one of the biggest things I saw there, too. I mean, we just haven't had the level of hooliganism that would incite the type of hate that some of these clubs and supporters have for each other. So we're able to treat this, even though we do have a certain level of disdain for each other, we treat this like we were saying out there, kind of like international waters. And the rules don't apply here. We're, we're there to communicate and help each other grow. And we go back to where we're going to go, and we, we're going to talk our shit about you like it's, we normally would. <laughs> Everyone there is, has the same exact goal in mind, which is to elevate Not supporter everybody. culture as a whole in this country. But but the main Most. thing about <laughs> the main thing about that the the Rafa just said I think is that you look at the community as one community even though we're cheering for our independent clubs and and cheering against each other on any given night the point is that we're all there to rise you know to to bring each other up as one as supporters and and to bring the team or to bring the sport forward in this country. It was more about rising up as one than it was dividing and breaking everybody down. And, and on any given night, I'm going to go and break down Portland or, or whoever. But 
together, I think, the idea of bringing this culture forward and making it about a community as opposed to about a, a club was something that I personally really enjoyed seeing and, and hearing about from others. Yeah, the ISC is definitely, um, no matter where, it, where it's at, it's, it's hollowed ground. We go together, we have uh, breakout sessions, we have our agendas, and there are, the people do go back and forth, like stupid remarks, because rivalries and um, differences. Fuck Carson! But, um, <laughs> but shit like that, people put it aside, for the most part. Yeah. You know, people start thinking, <laughs> egos start to flare and whatnot, yeah. but uh, we showed up at numbers, so. <laughs> well, yeah, so is, there, is, there, is there a limit, like... Is there a limit to the amount of... <laughs> yes, half as many as we brought. Yeah, so here's the thing. Since we are a supporters union, we're one of the only ones that are as big that functions properly. Uh, we were able to bring out three reps per SG. Uh, two of our eight SGs didn't, um, weren't able to make it. So we had three for the other uh, six. So there's quite a few of us. Wow. So and there's, there's like... Was there was 15 total. Crew took two and you guys got one, I think. Right? I got one. Yeah. Elio got one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. So, so there was more. 15 people. 16 it was about 15. 15, 16. Yeah. yeah. And what, what was the highest from another club? Um, two? <laughs> no, no, I think no, Atlanta. No, no. Like Atlanta, 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 Atlanta about eight. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like, yeah, they, they, they have, uh, they Three represent four, different they 20 mob and Terminus Legion. Yeah. And then All Stripes. Too. And All Stripes. Yeah. All Stripes, yeah. And then Portland, how many do they have? Portland, only the one. Only, no, no, they're, they're, they're the one, uh, uh, NDYSL well, team. The Thorns went and uh, 107S went. Yeah. I was going to say, the Riveters had more representation than than. But they might have been out there for the NWSL draft, too. But they were still at the concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were, they were the last yeah. year I also. Think, yeah, oh, those, okay. the, the, nice. the Riveters fans, they were the Well, they, 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 they do year. both. They do. They went, they go to represent the Riveters, mm -hmm. but they are part of uh, Timbers Army. Mm -hmm. But Timbers Army has their own leadership structures, and they let them do that, and they do that. It'd be like if, say, um, when, when the, the brunch ladies start their own NWSL team. I don't know if you guys have a name <laughs> yet. Um, the snack chicks. What, 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 what's your <laughs> name? Snack chicks. You guys don't have a, a brunch lady's name? They're the Snack Chicks. The Tiger Snack Blood. Chicks. No, oh, okay. Just I just Tiger made that. If Tiger Blood started their own supporters group, <laughs> but they're still part of Thursday too. too. They would Tiger Blood. <laughs> Tiger Blood. That name came out at our wedding, apparently. Okay. Yes. Tiger Blood. So, how many people total were there, do you reckon? They said 100, right? Registered 100, a few didn't show up. Yeah. I was going to say it was probably between 100 and 125, because if you count the tables, that 10 a table. Yeah, true. It was a, it was about it was at least a hundred. And there was at least like one rep from every MLS club, right? No. No, no. 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 A lot of them don't, don't participate. Um, they just don't get it. Who who Florida has been banned. Yes. Who did Florida's out Florida. Just uh, out of curious which teams didn't have people that went. Uh Montreal did not go. I don't think Montreal's ever gone, <laughs> to be honest. Toronto. To, uh, Toronto, no. Um, Orlando, the Min. RSL didn't go. San Jose didn't go. Orlando, Orlando Miami. did not go. Was Vancouver? Was there? And Miami. Vancouver, Vancouver, Vancouver was there. As, as, yeah, Vancouver the, as the only goes. Canadian team, why is that? Why does Toronto, Montreal not want to participate? That's on them. Really? I don't know. Vancouver legit gets it. They want to grow the sport. Very knowledgeable. Very, very neutral. They're the guys that'll sit back. Everybody's bickering. They're the Sergios of the group. <laughs> Everybody's talking shit back and forth, and like jokingly or whatever. And they come in and be like, oh, well, whatever. Your mom's a man. And then everybody's like, oh, shit. Make a good point. And then we just laugh she, it off. She is a man. <laughs> so things like that. We're, they're, gotcha. they're, they're awesome. I really dig those dudes. Vancouver folk. Yeah. What about, what about uh, like New England or Columbus? And New England was there. Um, Columbus. Columbus made it for the first time. First time ever. That was their first time ever. They said one guy. He was there for only the first day because of work. 
super yeah. cool guy. Yeah. And some of the new teams, like the Nashvilles, the Miamis, the Cincinnati Austin. is no, so cool because they embrace being such a terrible team <laughs> that they're like, hey, if it's part of identity, why not have fun with it? So they were like, they, they're flaunting the spoon. They're all about it. They're like, can we get a spoon patch for our jersey? Uh, Cincinnati was like, <laughs> they were They were super cool guys. Good um, good they get it. And they loved they, they were praising LAFC because a lot of them went out to our game gotcha. when they, they came out here. Um, overall, is anybody is, going to Cincinnati this year but me? They want us there. They do. Yeah. You're just Ohio. You're just Ohioing. Right? I am That's Ohioing. Yeah. <laughs> <you're> Ohioing. <laughs> that guy is Ohioing out here. Dog. Austin, check with Austin. I think Austin will see. You. Austin is gonna. Uh, Austin and I think uh, Casey might be make a week out of it because there's quite a few games That's that what, week. Yeah, Atlanta is right behind it on the schedule. It's an easy. I think you and Casey should have a drinking competition. I don't think there's gonna be much competition. Yeah, I don't know. He's got that <laughs> that strong Wait. Filipino blood. <laughs> Are you saying you'll out drink him? Yes. All right, we heard it on the pod. Casey, first. challenge accepted. I'm, I'm, I'm Casey Scott, drink competition, FCFC. You're welcome anytime. Hey. This is gonna be content for us. Out of nowhere, laughing at them. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna record a pod. You guys just sit in a corner and drink face to face for two hours. Okay? <laughs> They're gonna fall in love. I know them. <laughs> on that note, we're gonna take our first break because we've been drinking and we might need to pee. See you in a moment. Here. Back here with FCFC Pod with leaders, family, friends of our LAFC community here. <laughs> and I am just dying because I think Dweez and I, Cassie, did you go? No. Okay, so Dweez, I mean, Cassie, because you, you live with the man, but Dweez and I are just like, we're living off of just, just, just bites and just freaking snacks that they've left us about what this is. But um, I remember even from last year after the, the, the IOC Council um, Summit, where Jimmy and Ralph were talking about how encouraging it was and how we all need to sign up and become officially registered members and do all that. And so I want to know what your expectation was going into Baltimore and the cusp of season three and also kind of what the overall vibe was to, to, to figure out after a whole season of what we did and, and what we've accomplished. But um, what do you guys have really felt that was important to take away from, from IC, even from the beginning and at the, at the end? Let's give it to somebody who didn't go last year. I want to hear your take on it. I think from, from the two of us, and Scott chime in, but I think the biggest thing for us was the networking part of it. Uh, I mean, we got to meet a lot of, uh, of new faces from other groups, and we know that uh, when we go for some away games now, we have some friends we could connect with and hang out with, and they offered uh, to hook us up when we go. So, uh, For me, honestly, I had no, ex no real idea or expectation of what was going to happen. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit bland and boring, and, and the days kind of more or less were. But, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about away As a Way Days coordinator for Expos, I learned a lot about what away days are supposed to be like in terms of the league's office expectations. And um, just the idea of better planning on not just how we can experience it better, from our side going away, but how we can help other teams coming to us, for me, was a huge learning experience this year. Scott, what was the, the league expectations of away days that you, that you guys were kind of confronting? 
Well, one of the, we had an away days breakout session, and I know Rafa, you were obviously in there as well, and so you can probably comment on some more of this. But I mean, I had no idea what an SSA even was, and I still don't remember what the acronym stands for. <laughs> what does acronym was stand for? Please. At that point, um, Rafa's no, whipping out his phone gotta right get now. Gotta get out the notes. <laughs> I, know, right? out, Rafa. I can't um, even remember. But but the idea of having a a, a specific security officer that had police training and was only there because he was a neutral he or she was a neutral soccer person for that venue was something i had no idea even existed and to have a, a person like that who was watching over both the home and the away fans to make sure that no things were were out of context no bad things happened uh, knowing that that is there now is, is somebody who I not only want to reach out to for away days, but I want to know who the LAFC has at home so that I can help those away teams when they come know who to go to. It's just such a huge thing that, that I didn't even know existed and I, to me was, was a uh, absolutely wonderful idea that the league could present to us. Yeah, they sound for soccer security agents. Thank you. And so you're supposed to meet That's them. Such a corny name, right? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it's an undercover cop. Yeah. That is, you know, uh, off-duty police officer that is, you know, at the game just overseeing Pat. things. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Pat. I don't think he's unbiased. <laughs> it's not Pat. I can't remember his name, but he's been to. He was at those early 3250 town, two council meetings. They introduce him to. I think when they first debriefed us about Carson, he was mm. there. He has to be undercover? I don't know. I just said that. Oh, okay. Because the one that I know that is our rep for LAFC, um, he, I think he just retired. Older gentleman, uh, wireframe glasses. Exactly. He always walks around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we've met him. Was he uh, the one at the Carson at the security meeting? Yes. yes. Okay, exactly. gotcha. Yeah. So he just retired. Okay. I believe he just retired, yeah. yeah. No, no, but uh, being an officer, but he okay. still works for us. He gotcha. used to work down um, down south, but he came up with us, saw opportunity, he loves it. Mm -hmm. um, but no, we, we have met him. Yeah. I just didn't know that he was league appointed. I just thought that uh, the team assigned him. Yeah, and so you rarely actually do meet that person when you travel away, but you're supposed to. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. and so there's... So that we should push. We should push. Yeah. So on this, on this, I, I didn't know it was a requirement. I knew they existed, but I didn't know they were required to meet with us. You know that makes sense because when we were in Dallas, it. a guy, their main security dude, it could have been him. Uh, exchange, we exchanged numbers. He said, "Next time you're in town, he's like, let's get together." He's like, "We'll plan it. We'll plan it out. We can help you out." And it was, it was just super cool. I was just saying, yeah. well, who is this guy? Jimmy like? gave that information on FCFC pod first. Let me just tell you. <laughs> that. So, I remember that. And so when you, you know, before we travel away, there's always a phone call. And that person's also usually on that phone call that you have with the other FO, mm -hmm. where they they tell you, you know, where they expect you to be, whether or not you can tailgate there, whether or not they could set uh, an away bar for you to pregame at, um, and they kind of kind of run on down all those things, and then the certain safety regulations that that club might have, and so that call takes place because it's you know pushed for by the ISC to standardize the process as as you know from, for away travel across the league. Gotcha. And I, I understand that away days is a very, you know, it's a very important breakout session, but what other kind of breakout sessions were happening? What, what are the topics of concern um, for the ISC that happened across Baltimore? Well, before we move on to that, let's actually go back to Jimmy about what, since you went last year, what was your expe expectation going into this year and how did it match up to that or differ from that? Um, after going last year, 
I left on a high. I loved it. It was just like, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing how, um, since uh, Galaxy wasn't there, we didn't have a rival there. Mm-hmm. But it was in Dallas, and Houston is their main rival. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. It would have been an epic trade of the wooden spoon to see uh, Carson <laughs> give it to San Jose. Mm-hmm. But neither none of them, of them showed up. up. Mm. So it was um, after seeing how they can put their differences aside to be in the room. Mm. Banter go here and there, but seeing that and then seeing the other ones like um, the Red Bulls and then the the Third New York um, supporters, like they they can sit in the same same table mm. um, and be neutral for the league to grow the sport. That was very humbling. I was like, oh shit, this is cool. It's like outside of our bubble. Mm. We we right now we, we haven't made an LAFC. Mm. Uh, a lot of people don't like. On in all honesty, there's maybe 20 of us that come for the Tuesday USA days. Mm. The rest are all new. Mm. Um, 20 is even shooting high. It might be even 10. I'm not too sure. It's it's a very small number. Mm. Um, and then going to it and all the other respect that uh, Julio and Ray have just from being there from day one, mm-hmm. and then to now to this year. Fast forward. I went in expecting somewhat the same thing, but it was way different. Um, it was twice as big. No, it was like three times as big as mm-hmm. last year. Um, it wasn't as, um, it was very unified, but you couldn't have all the same intimate conversations mm-hmm. with every team mm-hmm. because there's so many people there. So um, there was enough of us there that we got a little bit from everybody, mm-hmm. which worked out. And then once we got together in the rooms and people were sharing drinks, it was just like, it was, all right, it was cool. Um, seeing where the league is going to be in 10 years, if we keep going down this path, it's going to be amazing. Um, top to bottom, because we include all the other divisions and the NWSL. Um, it's not just MLS. Yeah. And that's that's what I love from it. Um, I'm excited. We, we put a bid in to host it next year. Yep. So did um, Portland and Seattle. Yeah. Maybe you can finally experience some Seattle people, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yeah. So... We'll see. No, It'll this year was fun. cool. <laughs> <laughs> this, hey, this year was rad. Francisco, like, you know, this is your, you represent, you want to talk a little bit about your group and how, like, you went there as a representative of your group, but also under this umbrella. Like, one thing I think gets lost in the mix, and I'm sure you guys, when you're out there, everyone knew who the 3252 is, right? Yes. Probably yes. almost every single individual who was there had heard of this, you know, these four numbers. But they probably had never heard of all your individual groups, maybe, and they didn't understand that you guys were different. It's like, Talk a little bit about that part, like that you're there representing a group and you're also representing this bigger thing. So for me, it was very unique because the main thing, I, I had no expectations at all. It was my first time in a meeting talking about supporter anything, right, with other groups, not alone LAFC groups. Um, so that was that was one major thing that I was just there to learn, you know, just take everything in and just, you know, not really talk a lot. You know, laugh at jokes here and there, but really like focused on what's you know what's being said by, you know, our groups and the groups in the, in that room. You know, that was that was definitely the, the thing for me representing. You know, obviously, you know it's 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 a big honor. You know, just to be there and you know sitting with people that have been doing this for you know since inception of of the LAFC idea, right? So that was a big big thing. You know, for me as well. Mm-hmm. The beauty of that is that Francisco went representing LAO, who mm-hmm. is not one of the recognized groups in the 32, but he's an LA, they're an LAC supporter group, so they submitted, they were approved, so that he was there, so people were just saying, how do you guys get along? And it's like, we're real people with the real cause. Mm-hmm. That's That was that was awesome for them to see that. It's like, okay, you have the 32 groups, and then you have a group that's um, getting into the 32, mm-hmm. but the fact that they could be there and represent uh, the same uh, morals and principles and standards, 
it, it opened a lot of eyes because a lot of them don't have that. A lot of the other groups fight with those groups and don't embrace it. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things that I took away from all of this is just that what we've been able to create in such a small amount of time, it, it actually doesn't make sense to a lot of people that have been doing this for 10, 20 years even. Um, so, if anything, it, it definitely... I think all of us left with a sense of thankfulness um, for, for what's been built and encouragement because it's everything that we've set up, the relationships we have with one another, it, it's set up for us to succeed even further down the line as long as we stay Definitely. in that same lane, you know what I mean? So it, it was, I'll be honest, like since the end of season two, I've been burnt out with a lot of everything LAFC. Um, I, I, I could probably say, you know, for a lot of the leaders here and not here, that towards the end of every season, like, it starts getting draining. Um, but, you know, I didn't go in with any expectations. I went because we needed to talk about the Rising Sun flag, and TSU didn't have any representation there. But it had me leave feeling like we went to a, um, a leadership group training retreat where we just came back refreshed and ready to go and you know like I'm really thankful for that if anything that panel was one of my favorites yeah, Sam did a great job on that for sure yeah. and, and if I can add to that I think one of the things that was fantastic from my standpoint coming out of that was we talk about all of us with our different backgrounds and our different groups all getting along but to me that's also kind of what ISC was with all these different teams and different groups all coming under that same idea and same umbrella of getting along as well so to be able to put aside those differences on an even bigger scale I think at least um, for a weekend just, yeah. at least for a weekend <laughs> that's true I think it speaks though for the the passion that we all have but the forward thinking that we all have and how we can again and I hate to say this but that's so cliche we can, how we can all rise up together and, and bring the sport forward together I think it was a, a pretty ass. good yeah <laughs> <laughs> can I have another beer <laughs> it, it was very humbling and um, a big eye-opener, I'm sure, that a lot of people took from it is that each team, each region had its own set of problems. Mm -hmm. um, our big one is that we have to pay for fireproofing. Our fire marshal does a lot of shit that a lot of other places don't. So mm -hmm. they save two grand on fireproofing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait. You have to Fireproof our forests. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, as long as we stay humble, it, it's, it's going to be badass. Well, that's, that's interesting, though. That's, like, one example of some of the differences. What are, like, other differences that you guys heard of, like, problems that you had never had to deal with? You, you know, I think Nazis the Nazis in the stands. Not oh, yeah. Nazis. That's definitely. One. Legit Nazis in the stands. New York. New York. Right, big issues. Yeah. yeah, so how did, how did that come up? That's, tell me about I that. Flat I flat out said, why the fuck do you have Nazis in your stands? Yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. There, there was a panel by uh, Dr. Brenda Halsey. Yeah, from name. FAIR. Yeah, so they did this. From this FAIR was, what's that? Who's that? FAIR is an organization that um, they had a big hand in uh, getting Iranian women into the stands. Beautiful. I um, love it. That was their, their big moment, like really? their shining light. Yeah. And where, are they, where are they based out of? Worldwide. Yeah, they're, they're but big, a lot of South America. Their big gotcha. focus was on, on, taking, uh, on, on focusing on the issue of discrimination in soccer instead of uh, things that are political, because the, uh, the big issue this past season was MLS created some, some policies that uh, that impacted supporters by focusing on things that were political like the iron front flag yeah, yeah. and fair we're leading the leading the effort to change the the, the focus on on the terminology uh, so her, her presentation was um, 
was a lot uh, about the the, the P chant and, and things like that. But it came up again, like the in New York, the issue with the with the Nazis and Iron Front was definitely a topic mm-hmm. during that panel. Yeah, they they asked us how how will we deal with them. Like if Nazis come to our stands, we'll fuck them up. Yeah. We'll take the ban. Well, th- this is something that was also said in the um, the diversity in the stands panel. Yeah. Um, like. Austin had something to say and like you know kind of got shut down but I you know I kind of stopped him I was like hey in the in our north end Austin is our colored person <laughs> yeah. he's the minority yeah. and, and he has a completely different perspective on <laughs> what supportive culture is from there you know what I mean yeah. um, so it's like that's that's something that's very different in LA is like they're talking about all this diversity in stands but like yeah, you know, like the white guy is not the majority in our stands. Yeah. So, so it's like we don't we don't understand that part of things. So that's from them I, looking at us, right. they're kind of like, wait, what? We're like, yeah, you guys have the yeah. It's a role reversal. Yeah, you yeah. go come I, here and learn some Spanish. I, I mean, that's My really fast point to that is honestly, that topic came up constantly all weekend. Mm. It wasn't in the break, in the, always in the breakout. It was at lunch. It was at beers. It was what in the lobby, in the hotel, what? whenever. It, it was a constant discussion with us. Like what? Just a diversity. The oh. whole the whole idea of like, how do you deal with this group? How do you deal with that group? Well, that's what I, I was going to say actually too. Is I think I think one of the big one of the big things that, that was apparent to me that uh, you know other groups that might have multiple SGs. Uh, there's some that are, that are that are just large, and there's some that have other SGs that are just not on good terms with them. And mm. it's clear that we are in constant communication. And they were surprised, I think, just to see how close we all were together and how much we were able to, to accomplish, you know, as individual groups, but as one union. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that's, and that's maybe this idea of the union, right? Um, something to maybe dive into here. Like, okay, for example, in Salt Lake, right, you have, like, a couple different groups that are not under the same umbrella. I think there's several maybe different places in the stadium that they cheer from. And they're also sort of the way that those SGs are broken down is a little bit cultural and racial lines, right? Like you've got a group that's more singing in Spanish, probably more from like a Latin background. You've got groups maybe a bit more of European style, probably like fans, and they are sort of separate and they're singing separately. Mm -hmm. In the 3252, which is an umbrella thing and everyone goes underneath, is it then now easy and diversity isn't even a thought that you guys think of because everyone's in there whereas these other groups have to deal with it because those those groups are divided in those ways does that, that make sense is that something that you saw that like, was literally my answer at one point in time yeah I, I literally said you know i don't even think about it because we are all under one umbrella and we are all together i don't even think about it as a as a concern or a problem yeah to me it's part of bringing our community together to begin with and and how we're all one already. In fact, I think Sam said it best during the conference when somebody asked, you actually talked about your group, how you started out as a Korean supporter group, but mm-hmm. it became like, you know, Koreatown's so diverse that you can't just be a Korean supporter group because you're now a K-Town supporter mm-hmm. group and this is the group that is, is in this region and people just are part of it now. And what was your advice, I mean, to these groups? Like, you well, know, they're like, how did you guys... Open your minds. I think, yeah. yeah. Why why do they struggle? Why do they struggle? uh, It's different regions, different markets, like Mm -hmm. different nation. uh, It's... Is it a civic I think, thing? I think like those cities we were, themselves have I, I think we were also I think, a lot of it is, I think a lot of it is just MLS doesn't appeal to everyone in every area. Yeah. And there are certain people who have like pockets of, you know, different cultures might have a team they follow somewhere else in the world and they just might not be connecting with everybody. And, and their, their, big, their big question is how do we reach out to these markets? And 
somebody from I think it was Forward Madison guy just said, "Don't be afraid. Just go talk to people yeah. and say hi and tell them to come check us out." Yeah, he's the only. Uh, there's maybe he said there's like two percent African Americans out there, and they he said people legit are afraid to talk to him. He said, "I'm a normal person. Come talk to me." He's like, "I'm a skateboarder." He's like, "Yeah, I I I, I love soccer." He's like, "I have to go up and engage in conversation because people don't want to talk to me." They, they can't, a lot of people still can't see past these boundaries. But don't you think in Madison, Wisconsin in general, not in just football culture, that's a problem? Oh, like, do you think it's a symptom of the city itself? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Definitely. I wouldn't. So what do you, and it's, I mean, it's, it's almost like it's easy for us. We're spoiled in that regard because so many not. of us come into contact with so many different kinds of people on a daily basis in Los Angeles that if you, like, had a problem with that, you probably would just move the hell away. But, but there's but another honest, team in L.A. who's struggled with these issues, though. True. Yeah. So, what, so what's well, the but, difference? And but, how, did, how, you know, how do you give advice to people uh, that you know? Honest question that I would ask is, aren't part of the reason why we're all here because we enjoy this diversity and we kind of prosper? off of this I mean this is the reason why I still live in Los Angeles is because of this this group here and the 3252 it's what I love and it's what I when when I'm asked how do you deal with this in LA well it's because this is who we are and this is what we want I mean Mm -hmm. I have everything I want and my fingertips in Los Angeles right I know also I'm not the only person I've heard who said they fell in love with the culture of LAFC before they fell in love with the sport. We, we heard that yeah. from people at the ISC that yeah. love what we're bringing. And back to um, Sam's panel, um, what was the actual name of the panel? Diversity in the Stands. Diversity in the Stands. Um, when they asked, how do you guys do it? And I literally told them, education and understanding. And um, that's what we, that's the, that was the, the segue to talking about the rising, um, the rising, rising sun, sun, sun flag. And, um, Sam spoke really well on it, and people were like, we had no idea. So it's one of those things where if we educate them through our culture, it, it'll spread. And in the IAC, it did spread. Yeah. So a lot of them were like, we had no idea. And I was like, I had no idea. And I've been hanging out with Sam for a few years now. <laughs> yeah. And um, the, I mean, there, I just had a brain fart. Um, well, I think one thing we've been really lucky at at LAFC is that we were able to start with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of these MLS teams, just that might have not occurred to them. They might have started more organically, where it was the people on that side of the stadium versus the this people on this side of the stadium. But when we, you know, when we started the 3252, we knew we were going to get a supporter section. We knew there were at least five or six different supporter groups already. Yeah, and so um, you know there was no other option. To, I to actually think it goes fun. back to my, my first thing I said about the about the whole World Cup '94 when they kind of created the MLS following that, mm-hmm. and a lot of these teams were, were born with that. You know, the, the the World Cup Fan Fest type of package, and the, you know not not the supporters necessarily, but just the the, the type of, of style of uh, support that that grew out of that. It it just kind of looks like it it was one thing and. We're something new and clean and fresh, and we were able to do it whatever we wanted and create our own uh, identity. So, did you find that, like, especially with newer teams who don't aren't entrenched in years of like divisive support, like, did was it easier or did they want to? Were there questions to you guys like, hey, how do we unionize? Like, we're in, we're like, we got several different groups popping the, up. Like, how do we get all the, under uh, one? There was one actually group? a panel. I, I'm I not. Know, I, I was in that panel. Mo- that? Mo- that panel. Yeah. Um, What's the what was the panel called? Uh, which I'm sure is like probably one of the biggest clearly LAFC led the way on that one <laughs> um, literally everybody we, we spoke everybody stopped and listened um, 
Atlanta last year were the ones with all the questions, and now they're working on it because they're forced to be in the same area, but they don't sing the same songs. Now they're working on it. Yeah. They're understanding each other, and, and they, they got it now. Atlanta's not, they don't have a supporters union. They're trying to. Atlanta. They're trying to. They're trying to. Yes. And they're running into issues. Uh, because some of the leaders don't want to. They want to do it their way. Too many chiefs, in, there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, D.C. is interesting because it goes back to what you're saying where they have so many years of being separated, <coughs> and their issue is their old leaders from back in the day are still in charge and they're holding on to the hate from back in the day. And they're like, how do we do it? I was like, in all honesty, go to the members that are newer that want to be involved more, reach out to them, talk to them, because if um, they're situated, it's one of the groups is the big group that is catered to by the FO. The other ones um, are more of the ultra-style supporters where the FO is like, oh, you don't fall in line, we're not going to acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. Um, But now they all are going to be in their... Say, they're going to say standing, so they're all going to be together, and they're like, we want to have a union, but the leaders don't get along. I was like, that's the issue right there. If your leaders don't get along, you never get along. Yeah. He's like, what do I do? I was like, what I would do, approach the ones that are second in command, third in command, the ones that you know you can approach, and get them to go on board, because all leaders are either going to go, it's sink or swim, mm-hmm. and he was just like, all right, we can try it, and then um, that's the same issues they're having um, down in with the Galaxy, is um, they're having a lot of new groups popping up, and they're like, how do we get them in there? And I was just like, just talk to them. I was like, human interaction goes a long way. So that was a big conversation. And, and I'm, I'm going to um, take that a step further and say that a couple of the younger groups that I talked to were having the same issue of, of separation of groups within their, their larger organization, however it fell. Um, and I don't want to call out anybody for you know their consideration, but... You know, there were a couple of the newer groups who were having problems within that and as well. And they were the same thing. It's like, how do you, how did you bring everybody together? And these are groups that I would have thought would have had the, the wherewithal and the knowledge of the diversity to be able to realize, you know, we got to sing some songs in Spanish. We got to sing some songs in Korean and in English. And you know, whatever else we're coming up with this year, I've seen a, a couple of other ideas, but the idea that the even the newer groups are going through that and we're not, I, I you so know, kudos to everybody at this table and, and within the 3252 for having us pass that before we even had a game play. So yeah, and I think first, for Scott, what you just touched on, I think we, we've all been kind of talking around it, is just that, the we are Los Angeles, and this is me speaking as someone who's not from here, who's, who's found a home here. But Los Angeles is different. It's not going to work for everybody, right? And I think that's that's a really important thing. So I want to know what um, you guys talked about in in even the diversity kind of breakout in the in the in the in the panel there, because I think it's important to know like there are there are Spanish speaking people across the entire country in every single major market. But at the same time, the people in power, usually, in, especially in sports corporations, are, you know, English-speaking, white. and they're and they're they're often white in that situation, right? They and so, look like me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for us, who found we, I think, I really do I take such great pride, immense pride, of finding the diversity and, and the power and diversity in that. Like, what did you guys talk about in the diversity panel outside of you know, even even with the Rising Sun flag about incorporating voices and what what do you think people took away from that panel to be like, I can maybe take take a piece of that and do that in, 
in uh, Columbus. I could do that in Philadelphia. I could do that in Texas, right? I think the first thing that people have to do when they want to educate is take their emotion out of it. I think that was the main difference of how I approached things this year compared to last season, where, you know, whenever we saw the right something, we just, you know, we'd be up in arms and our chat would be lit. Um, but, you know, just knowing that, you know, American history books aren't teaching the history that we know. You know mm. what I mean? So to be able to teach that and and <laughs> kind of figuring out, like, after you explain it, these people coming up to you and thanking you for the education and, you know, apologizing that they didn't know. And, you know, it, it, even today I had that uh, text thread with someone that didn't come to the ISC, but their, their profile picture had, like, the rising sun in the background. So, I, you know, I reached out to him and just having those conversations, saying, hey, I'm not attacking you, I'm not upset, but, you know, I just thought you should be aware. Um, and he, he was like, oh, I'm a bit of a history buff. And he's like, oh, shit, my profile picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, little things like that. Um, you know, people from Vancouver, from Minnesota, from Philly, uh, after the panel came up to me to tell me that they didn't know um, and they, they're sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's just humanizing one another. You, you have to understand that this person didn't come from the same place you did and they don't have the same knowledge as you. And, you know, unless you're willing to have that conversation, don't get pissed off about it. Gotcha. It's and, and you feel like the people at the IC took that strongly enough that they can kind of spread that message or disseminate that amongst their people and understand it regardless of what issue it is, right? Um, I think, you know, the communication is always going to need to get better. But, yeah, I think they, they, they have enough people in their network and they have those relationships with people where they can reach out to them. And um, I reached out to, to Bailey, the president of the ISC, about uh, Philadelphia's kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, she's going to go ahead and reach out to the league on, on our behalf regarding that. So, yeah, I mean, this is why this ISC thing is so beautiful is you have these people in this organization that, you know, are open-minded to listen to our concerns and do something with it. So we, you know, we're, we're excited for it. And, you know, LAFC is only going to become a stronger force within the league as well as the ISC as long as we stay on the same trajectory we are on right now. So one thing Slim and I talked about right before everyone came over that I thought was also interesting, and this is another part of this and why I think it is beautiful that all of you guys are part of separate SGs and why it's okay to have your own identity and your own things that you guys do as a group and your own creativity, you know, make whatever merch you want, make whatever, anything you want, but you can still come together as a group is like, he also talked about like policing, like policing things that go wrong in the stands, right? Which I think anyone who's been to an LAFC game and has ever seen a cup thrown and people just like in any sport, like, oh, LAFC fans are this. And like, it must be like those crazy guys over there. And it becomes this whole thing pretty quickly that like, can all create a bigger problem if it like you know went on really you know spread really wide but slim talked about how it's great having these different groups because you guys can like micromanage each individual section and you saw one of your dudes being an yeah. idiot you can sort of address that within your group within your own rules in your own way that the 3252 leadership doesn't necessarily have to like always intervene in all those different things whereas like it sounds like maybe even in Portland, like the Timbers Army, which doesn't have as many individual groups, it's just this big, wide mass of right. people. If four or five people are like running around fucking shit up, it's hard to catch them or do anything about it because you're managing thousands of people rather than different groups managing its own. So in a way, it's like, you know, from on the outside looking in, it's like there's a perfect system here, right? 
have all the identity you want in your little group, do everything you want, because that actually makes management of all this easier. But come together in the same way that people come together for the ISC, like under one umbrella to do amazing things, to do things that, I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like to be another team and look at what the 3250 does and not be like, holy shit, we should probably do everything in our power to make that possible in our stadium. That's but, the perception. But some <laughs> people but some people don't want to do that, right? Yeah. It seems like. And it's so it's true. interesting to hear some what... Some people love their bounty sponsorships. It's, it's the thing. It's <laughs> the, the we versus the me. And a lot of people don't grasp that. And, like, you just got to... They, they have to ask themselves, are we there for... Are you there for you or are you there for your team? Mm. And a lot of people are there for their, like, no, I'm in power, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck your power. It's it's taking away from everything. And some people just won't get it. And that's when when you have a, the wrong leaders in play, it's never going to work. Like, mm. It's just bottom line. It's the we versus the me. Yeah. So you guys think even after, like, this inspirational tri- tip, how many of the how many of the teams will start, like, independent supporters? Look what we did with Houston. Houston reached out. Mm-hmm. We educated them. Now they have their supporters union and things are getting oh, better. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they awesome. just announced it's Hustletown. They have an umbrella group. Their FO came out, spoke to our FO. We spoke to um, their group leaders, and they are inspired by um, by LAC and the 3252 yeah. that on both ends, from uh, the front office standpoint and supporters, and they literally, like, I don't want to say kissing grass. They're thinking it's like crazy. They're, they pra- they've been praising 3252 for a while, that that's what they aspired to be now that they're making steps to be there so hopefully it works out for them and I hope everybody else it works out for them because it's going to make the league amazing and then it's going to bring more uh, more eyes on the MLS I, I see the potential not just though in, in that scenario but in the scenario of some of the USL clubs who may be struggling with how to support NWSL as they grow from their current nine teams to hopefully 12 or 14 they're talking about soon. I think the potential is way above and beyond the recognition within in our league, but as we look at the lower leagues and their growth again as well. So. Speaking of NWSL, got a lot of great pointers from uh, other teams, and they want a team in L.A., mm-hmm. and they're going to help push the agenda. So... <laughs> Look out for uh, a lot of uh, propaganda out there. Yeah, hey, the follow, get, get them Twitter fingers ready, Lindsay. Twitters. What is it? NWSL two LA. NWSL under two LA. NWSL. Isn't it NWSL four LA? Four LA. NWSL four LA is the one I've been using. Cool. And you know, they said the best thing they can do to for us to get that started is to you know start watch parties, get eyeballs on the league, start being attentive and. And the powers that be will see that that's you know start organizing watch parties, yeah. Lindsay. They love that. <laughs> they love that we're we're pushing it. That we want to help. That we're we're pushing the agenda because it's not just LAC, 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 thirty to two. It's like no, they're hearing this NWSL to LA. It, it's, and and, it's, and let's yeah. let's be honest. Also, we talk about Lindsay and and more. But mm-hmm. Mia Ham, come on. You're one of our owners, yeah. and we don't have an NWSL team. Yeah, I know come you're on, listening, Mia. Mia. I love know you. Mia. Come on, <laughs> team. Ignore Scott. Come to the back and tell us why there's not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I better be invited. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, if you bring Julie, I better be invited. Um, Alex Morgan, come to the backyard. I love you. Uh, and on that note, we'll take our second break, and we'll be back with some tea time with Dweez. Yep. Hey.
We are back, FCFC Pod. Nine people in the backyard hanging out together. There's no song, and I'm just making it up cold weather. Hey, we got some tea, y'all. You know what it is? Tea time with Dweez. I flipped the script right now on y'all. Come on, now you're not ready for this. Um, before we start tea with Dweez, though, given we got so many important people to the LAFC community back here, I did want to have a quick moment, a little tea, a little something for Jaime. Uh, who recently passed Jaime of the Cuervos, really responsible, you know, in many ways of bringing the Aztec drums. Uh, if you listen to the Cuervos episode of our podcast, you'll know how unique and instrumental that element was to the North End and how big of a big of a part of the community he was. And I know Cassie had gotten to know him a little bit better than I did, so I think she had something to say. Um, you know, I just want to share how big a part of the community of LAFC 3252, the drummers, Jaime was to us. He was such a positive spirit, always had a smile on his face, always was bringing the community together. Um, You know, I think one of my very first memories of him, honestly, was at a game. He remembered, or had watched me a little bit throughout the game and after the game came and handed me some of his Aztec drum uh, sticks because he was like, you're bringing it today. Come join me next time on the Aztec drums. And that's that's just how Jaime was. He wanted to bring us all together um, constantly. So I know the drummers are gonna miss him incredibly. I know the Cuervos will, the rest of the 3252 will. it's not going to be the same in the North End without him. Yeah, and I think if we just take a little moment right now, a little pause for Jaime. Um, and something we've never really done here, just cheers our teas in honor of the Jaime. Everyone's got some different teas, some white tea, some poor tea. It's the first time I've had to make tea for nine people. But for Jaime, (laughs) rest in power. For Jaime. Yeah, I've had many conversations with him, and he was always eager to talk, like, especially about his culture. You had any questions, oh, man, he would let you know, in in a good way, where it wasn't overbearing. Um... Definitely will be missed, but he's always in his spirit. What's kind of my more recent memory of Jaime is uh, I'm writing a book proposal right now about LAFC, and you know, while working on that, uh, I started talking about the night before the Carson game, uh, the one for the playoffs. And that that night, I ran around the stadium like I always do. From time to time, I live so close and. Everyone was setting up TIFOs the night before, and it was cool, and I ran into, I think I ran into Rich that night and talked to him a little bit. And I was coming back through Expo Park, and there was a ton of, pe- there was a ton of people playing soccer. Like, there's all these little impromptu soccer clinics in front of the Natural History Museum, and there was the Aztecs drummers playing for that in front of, um, in front of the kids, like, in the dark. And I didn't want to, like, go too close, but I thought it was, like, really interesting that there was some Aztecs drummers playing out there, and I didn't know if it was Jaime and those guys. And so, you know, while the 3252 is setting up, you know, the thing for the next day and all of that, there's these drummers playing, and so I filmed them for a while, and I have this video, maybe someday I'll release it. 
and I did. I was far enough away. I didn't know it was them or not. And so I sent it to to uh, Gil of Cuervos to ask if it was him. And I wanted to know because I built the whole first part of that chapter of the sample chapter to hopefully you know write this book based on the Aztec drums because of what that specific window meant into LAFC and how that whole evolved and how they got there in the first place. And so Jaime being such a big role of that, I like. You know, I've always had such reverence for that element of of thirty-two, knowing that that came from a newer group, right? Knowing that that wasn't something that supporters did in Mexico, right? But LAFC did something that happened in this country, something that was showing how even though MLS is coming so late, they can still contribute to the global game in new and exciting ways. Um, and I think he was also a fellow resident here in the same neighborhood, Echo yeah. Park, so. So yeah, you know, it's a huge loss. And I think Jimmy, when we were talking about the Independent Supporters Council, uh, something you said was like, you know, one thing that's cool about it is everyone has your back even when there's like dark times or hard times, right? And like there will be dark times. Oh, definitely. LAFC, right? And like we will lose members of this community. You guys will lose people, leaders, uh, people who've helped start this. And like in your experience, you know, having come from the Chivas days and Knowing, knowing to have have the support came from those other members of the ISC. Can you talk a little about why that was so important when you guys were going through what Chivas USA was going through? Yeah, what Chivas USA is we were uh, protesting Vergara because uh, he didn't like the supporters because we had a voice and he would try and find any way to silence us or get rid of us. So um, the ISC, like a lot of the supporters, um, donated money and we flew, um, we paid for a plane to fly over the stadium with and on the wings, it was projected it kept saying Vergara out. And that was um, awesome because a lot of the supporters from across the MLS pitched in for that. It wasn't, you're not a rival. It's like, we're together. We're standing up for your team. Because at that point, the team was going away. But we're going to go down swinging. And then now, once again, our community is coming together with um, Jaime. A lot of the other teams have contributed um, and have donated to his, his GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know what teams have... Uh, Atlanta Mex- United supporters, Vancouver, United. Southsiders, New Mexico United supporters. Um, I, I believe that that was it. But um, shout out to, to all the supporters groups that were there that posted on their socials. Um, shout out to the Cooligans for posting on their social. Um, you know, I still even posted it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, this is a perfect example of what we were talking about, about it going beyond football and yeah. being about community. It's people first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout out to you guys. Thank you. That's the human connection. It goes a long way, and it's it's beautiful, and it shows that through this sport and through the culture, it just it brings people together in the right way when it's most needed. Yeah, and I think the double-edged sword of it all is that as we keep on talking about community, <coughs> as we actually make real community with people even outside of L.A., like the losses will happen, right? They will They will happen, and I think um, that's that's what I've realized is just that the more people you know is the more people who are who, who you might be affected by, right? And I think the, the really cool quality about this all is really that you can share, you know, loss like that with everybody together, and even having people from other cities and other teams really contribute is such a huge part of... Um, what we believe in i think what we what we truly want to see this culture become and it's um yeah what you said before guys is like human just human connection at the end of the day right? and um yeah so shout out to I me mean, i'm so glad that we uh, we, we we got to 
hear him hear him play. Mm-hmm. I still remember him hearing. The, that's the that's the one beat I remember outside of Figueroa walking into the stadium was those Aztec drums. Is nothing I've heard in my life before, and um, that was something that LFC brought all of us. So I'm really ha- I'm really glad that I got to share that with all of you guys. And the chills you would get when he blow that conch. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was something beautiful. And I mean, as far as like you guys, the new the new guys who had who had never been to an ISC Slim, you included to an ISC convention or you know whatever you call it meeting. Uh, what did you did you feel that sort of that sense of of grandeur, like United States North America community around around this game, around knowing that you're helping these groups understand how to do what they're doing better. They're understanding you that connection you originally talked about of like doing the way days and seeing these people, but also getting to know them on a on a deeper level. Something like we aspire to do on this podcast. Did you guys get that sense when you were out there? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. To me, uh, one of the big things was just like, like I think like I think uh, Sam might have mentioned earlier. Just here in LA, you know, diversity is it's we're so diverse. But uh, when you look around the AIC conference, it's it's almost the inverse of what we have here and. And uh, they're they're trying to get that, but it still felt like this is America. This is a different uh, a different type of supporter that, that still loves the game and, and wants to make it a better thing for the country. And everyone had a, had a similar goal, um, and it, ju- it just really uh, resonated with the, with I think all of us seeing seeing them doing that and pushing for that for their own teams. Um, yeah, and something I got out of it was just you know how open minded everyone was. Um, they came to learn. Uh, a lot of people check their egos at the door, um, and it showed why those people are leaders of their respective supporters groups. So, you know, um, we we rubbed shoulders with them. We we learned why we should be appreciative. Um, we learned that we kind of have it good, and you know, it's it's a lot easier to to go on and move forward when you you approach it with um, you know a thankful heart rather than finding something to complain about all the time. We broke bread with the Galaxy fans over there, or the Galaxy leaders. Oh, damn, yeah, we're going to get into that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were going <laughs> to... Um, overall, it was a pleasant experience. We, It was great on my end, just as the president of the Jersey 2, speaking with the president of um, ACB, and I think the gentleman that was there might have been... I, he was in leadership. I don't know what his role was, yeah. but... They deal with the same issues we do. Um, they hate the week leading up to the games because <laughs> yeah. they do with the same thing. And literally told them, I was like, hey, if we as leaders do not engage in this internet banter and slowly it'll it'll fade. There's always going to be the trolls that don't go to the games that are going to talk crap, bottom line. Mm. I was like, but if as leaders, <laughs> if we can communicate with each other, we can um, stop a lot of these big issues. Mm. And they, they agreed. And it was... It was it was cool. Overall, it was a great experience. They um, asked a lot of questions about how to um, run the union that yeah. we have. So it, it was cool because they they didn't come with egos. Well, the two I spoke with yeah. Yeah, yeah. didn't come with egos. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. came, um, in essence, to learn. They had a lot of questions, a lot of uh, legit questions. Yeah, and they, they were one of the people that, you know, as Mo, Jimmy, and, you know, we were in that um, communication between SG's panel, or breakout group. Um, he wasn't afraid to ask the questions, you know, to to further what they wanted to do. And, you know, it it probably helped that we were willing to give all the answers if they asked the questions, you know what I mean? So just 
staying on that track it's really like i said we, we hate each other but we're all human at the end of the day it you just kind of gotta like humanize everybody even people you know there's there's gonna be we we've talked about as leaders like season three the, is is a challenging year when it comes to like the type of thing we have there there are going to be rifts so as long as you know things kind of only rot from the head down so as long as we stay in good with each other we always have a fighter's chance to to be better 100 percent. and yeah i mean again as like someone who's a little bit more on the outside looking in like i you said in 10 years or whoever said in the beginning like in 10 years imagining what the league will be like i mean if in 10 years every team has a dedicated supporters union every team has a part of their stadium at least that's like going nuts non-stop the whole game every team has a few games a year where they go all out you know stay up all night use all the resources they can to build the most beautiful tifos they can and you're talking about like the tifo of the year which lafc want for the freddie mercury tifo becoming like this golden prize among supporters this thing that you the, the competition now isn't about who can shit on each other on the internet the competition now is who's Tifo was the best every year, you know, and and every stadium you go to as a Way fan, you get to go see Houston, you get to go see these teams that, you know, maybe people don't travel as much to now, but they want to because they're now seeing those cities expressed in a more full fashion, and you know, it it it's no one loses. You guys, LAFC, Definitely. you know, all of us don't lose if, you know, FC Dallas gets its version of the North End, right? Like, and if anything, like it's flattering to know that they would want to model their support after something that they've seen work in another city and to see that happen in the same way that like in many ways like the Portland Timbers informed a lot of what you know supporter culture became in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. for these USL teams as well wouldn't it be great if all of us were like dude we're gonna go to Madison we're gonna go to a Madison away game and check out what's going on there right that's Uh, in Wisconsin for all you people that have no idea (laughs) you just got excited because Wisconsin's near Ohio (laughs) no no I have to tell you, the thing that I've started really getting interested in before this conference and that this conference really put me over the top on was all the non-MLS clubs. So the Madison, the Forward Madisons, the New Mexico Uniteds, which I'm partial to for other reasons as well, but the NWSL clubs, I mean, the idea of having them battling us for best TIFO of the year is something that I really look forward to because there's so much opportunity there in all of those clubs to just raise our level as well and i just really really am anxious for going head to head against new mexico united for a tifo i mean the stuff that they're doing with cuervitos and and everything else there's so many opportunities yeah, Corsitas. Yeah, Corsitas yeah. is their. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is their one, one beer group, too many. <laughs> uh, their children's supporters group. So they have a, what we had like a little mini chicky ultras thing. Um, they actually have like a supporter group comprised of just kids. So it's pretty cool. Stadium that I want to go to is uh, in Tampa. It's on the shoreline. Beautiful stadium, and their ownership lets them do a lot of stuff. Um, what. I thought it was awesome because I said I hung out with um, when you guys the last night when you guys all went out to the bar to watch a fight. Mm-hmm. We went back to the hotel and Francisco connected his hotel or his laptop to uh, one of the televisions there. Mm-hmm. We were in the lobby just watching the fight. Oh, nice! And we uh, we got to really connect with them because they they weren't nine beers in or anything. Mm-hmm. We did like, genuine conversations and they want to start their own bada chapter down in Florida. Mm-hmm. So it just really good connection there and just talking on how 
their ownership will be like, oh, well, the league says we can't do this, and they couldn't hold their flares anymore. So they have a lot of artists in their group. Mm. This guy was a welder. He's like, we can't hold it with our hands. So he made these metal tiki torches. <laughs> so they put their flares inside of it. So they can hold them. As long as they're in the torch, they can hold their flares in the stands. Really? That's cool. Yeah. So they, they, they yeah. took it amongst themselves, and they showed up. And then the ownership came out where it's like, Bravo. <laughs> Literally, they said bravo. That? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I had you know, idea. yeah and that's what's actually too. cool about those lo- uh, lower division clubs is, I don't know if we can call lower division. They don't like we call lower division. The non-MLS Yeah, the non-MLS, non-MLS, non-MLS clubs, clubs is, like, because they're not as corporate, they have more freedom to do it's punk more rock. creative stuff. Yeah, it's it pretty is. more, it's, it's much more that's punk rock for all you. I, I encourage you, no matter where you are, if there's a team out there, go watch them. Yeah. Yeah. Support them. Because it, it, it just it grows. And I'm telling you, 20 years from now, I don't know about 10. Does that mean we're going to OCSC matches just to root against OCSC I mean, like yes. quite often this In season? May, <laughs> New Mexico United at OCSC. All right, guys, you heard it here first. We're mobbing it. I think the follow-up question to all that, because like, you guys were so great about, you know, in this 10-year, 20-year larger plan about American soccer growing, and especially supporter culture growing, y'all were very quick to mention the Tampas of the world and even the New Mexico of the world, but what if Carson implements some of the strategies of a supporter union in, in the way that we're talking about, in the way that we're talking about, could we stomach the fact that they're, that while they take things from us, they are competing for TIFO of the year, I'm, that they're doing things like I'm that? I'm going to be honest, and uh, this is just me being competitive. I think we actually need them to because uh, it's going to be, you know, it'll drive us to be better yep. it'll only push us to be yep. better because we, we're going to be complacent if, if we just feel like we're we're the best if we're always because we're in a different category and, right now i mean, right? I mean yeah. to be, be real we are but uh um if, if they were to improve it would just push us all to to try harder yeah, yeah. why not get challenged that, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it You're, we're competitive that's we're involved we're here because of a sport yeah. and they're all competitive so if they get better, we get better, and that's when it gets exciting. Because it, it will eventually get boring. It's like sh- the same shit over it's, and over. It's not a rivalry if there's no rival, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right now, it, it's it's we we actually bonded on how we love once the whistle blows because all the bullshit's aside. You're focused on the game, and then it's like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Mm. We're having a good time. Win or lose, it's a good time. It's mm. just all the bullshit on the outside that makes it not fun. Yeah. So and, I mean, there's a reason why to take it to the field for one moment that Bob Bradley wants two good players at every position it's not because he just you know enjoys things in twos it's because they're all (laughs) they're all yeah he just two and everything (laughs) (laughs) it's because they compete right you they have to fight for their position you don't want any of your players getting complacent over where they're at it's the same and I mean yeah I think people should be excited anytime that then you end up like Matt and you there's ten, oh. there's ten, uh, no, but hey, it's true. Such a good night. Hey, but to speak on the punk rock thing real quick that uh, that Jimmy brought. I mean, wouldn't it be beautiful if the gift that American soccer gave the world, the country that birthed commercialization of sports, that began to ruin sports as we once knew them as passionate things, then showed how like a new version of supporter culture could look. Like, Shout out Derek Jeter making the Hall of Fame wouldn't, today. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? As Europe gets worse and worse to go to and those stadiums get worse and worse, like these, these, <laughs> these teams around the United States got and, and Canada got like more and more exciting to watch and like the creativity and things and all the stuff you guys discussed at the ISC. I think that'd be dope. Oh, yeah. That's great. Fuck Derek Jeter. How dare you? Fuck, you don't mean that shit. I'm not gonna lie, Fuck yo. Houston. Derek Jeter's like dating <laughs> so many. 
You're you're a legendary. Wait, here. we gotta hear one one ch- one chicken bucket story that I've been told. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, the chicken. Ah. New York, because I have I have several chicken bucket stickers. In, in my, this is the in best. My house. You're gonna love this one. Talk remember, to you went to New York me. this uh, past. Yes, I did. Okay, yes, yeah, I remember I did. you told me about the chicken bucket. Yeah, that's why I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> you want to tell it? Go for it, dude. Oh, we, we'll both. Sergio and I right. both will we'll sell it. So, so really quick, we sat into a. It was a. It was a whole presentation on on game day, tailgate, and all that kind <laughs> it of was thing. Was intervention? Oh, that's a, that's yeah. Yeah. intervention right, right, right. prevention like intervention one, prevention one. in the stands that's or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're sitting there, right? And we're, we're, you know, we're talking about, we brought up, well, first, they, for they were bringing up about um, beer showers, know, beer showers, right? And then we started talking about all the LAFC people that we, you know, when we're in the panel, we're talking about how other groups um, address cups being thrown. Right, so you know we're actually having a very serious conversation about it, and behind me was uh, an NYCFC supporter, and he goes, "What do you guys do about chicken buckets?" <laughs> oh, are you serious? No, it's yeah. 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 and I looked back and I said, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if everybody else heard him, so. I was, I, don't know, you guys I was like, wait, 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 wait. So, chicken buckets like an empty chicken bucket? Yeah, and he, you know, and he said no. It was a, a full bucket of chicken that people actually buy full buckets of chicken and then just toss That's it. That's a thing, right? Yeah, just toss it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know oh that God. part of it. Holy no, shit. No, no, so, so in New York, they have they have the bucket, and that's like their special. Like, here yeah, we have, yeah, yeah. you know, our, our hot dog or whatever bullshit we have, but they have a bucket of chicken. It's known to be the best deal in the stadium because Yankee Stadium is destroys people on prices but go ahead i want to so, hear this so when so when they score a goal over there there's i guess a famous picture of some guy <laughs> tossing a full bucket of chicken <laughs> in the air in, in, in passion and celebration like we do and uh, he was asking how do we deal with that how, 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 how would somebody <laughs> deal with that <laughs> yeah instead of a beer chicken. shower they throw chicken buckets in the air i, I, I mean, there's I not a whole like bunch of them but there's I like was, a few i was telling them i was telling them they should use it as a marketing tool and say come yeah. get some free chicken when we score a goal and, oh hell yeah dude i, I can catch some chicken, chicken dude hell yeah, yeah i don't think any anyone in that in that panel had a solution to that we were just i don't think anybody in that panel had a problem like that people wanted to go to game zone they were like about seven times people were like so you're saying like the bucket of chicken, right? <laughs> and I actually looked up Yankee Stadium bucket of chicken. Yeah. And it's okay, it's, it's a not thing. a small bucket of no, chicken. No, it's, it's, it's very large. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, comes, it, it comes with fries. Right? It's like twenty five dollars for How a bucket many of chicken. So but that's it, more than a this beer. Guy's actually exactly. eating it. How many pieces are there? Yeah. There's yes, there's, there's more, there's more than a beer. There's like there's like twelve pieces of chicken tenders in there with fries. So it's like it's the best deal in the stadium. How much money do you guys think is being thrown in the air? At any given goal, <laughs> at LAFC. Said, oh, in ours, oh, in our yeah. in ours? our stadium, at every goal, how much money do you think is being thrown at the air at a time? Damn, None for me. Well, they're all well, four dollars. <laughs> yeah. Are they are they beers? No, just I mean, in the north. Assume if it's, if it's second half. We're assuming that the beers. I mean, they're sorry. Let's say half of them are half. Honestly, though, how many people stock up on the four dollar beers only for the beer shower? I know so many that do. Yeah, and I point to them like, don't fucking throw them at me. Throw them in the air, don't fucking throw them at me. We have a system. We will send people up and we'll rotate. Yeah, we'll yeah. just keep coming back and down and like just putting them in the couple. Yep. Yeah. yeah, PSA, i just been spitting in my cup and just fucking throwing that shit. So, I mean. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Kay, just kidding. Ah, the beauty in the front row. Don't worry yeah, yeah, yeah. about that, that chicken, shit. Uh, Austin, like, before you guys told us about it, Austin pulled my side. He's like, dude, 
they're fucking talking about buckets of chicken, but not about their Nazis in their stands. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> and then I was like, why don't you call him out? He's like, I, he's like, I couldn't fathom that. He's like, really? He's like, you're concerned about chicken, but Austin like Nazis? Austin would want to come in and ruin the best part of that for the panel. <laughs> Freaking fun ruiner. He was, hey, Austin, he was stop asking questions at the end of the panels, you asshole. <laughs> Austin was in that panel. Yeah, that's why he pulled me aside. He was just like, I can't believe it. They wouldn't address it, but they addressed their fucking chicken. <laughs> oh, man. Throw yeah, chicken was, at him. At the Nazis. That was hilarious. And anywhere else you want to go with tea time, please? I just want to awesome. see all the There's chicken, chicken on all the hate groups. All the chicken on all the yeah. hate Throw chicken at Nazis. They don't yes. deserve that shit. Direct them. Just the bones. <laughs> just the bones. Eat your chickens first. Yeah. Fuck a Nazi. <laughs> this has been another episode of the FCFC pod. Fuck a Nazi. FCFC FC FC FCFC 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 FCFC